0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Amen. And that was for the D4 family, and I kept my promise. Amen. And I hope she got a blessing out of it. Amen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going through another book, and I thank God we are, because that's the way we preach. Verse by verse, chapter by chapter. One day, if I don't pass away, We're going to cover this whole Bible, preaching through it. And right now, I think we got about half of it done. Amen. It's good to see you back in the house of God. Uh, Some of you have been sick and you're back well, and that's a blessing. And we ought not take for granted every breath, every every heartbeat. It's from the Lord. Amen. But uh, staying faithful for his glory or encouragement during times of suffering. How many of you need this message, raise your hand. How many know somebody that needs this message, raise your hand. Say amen. And he is the master of the wind. And uh, I'm going to tell you this, and I don't want to be political at all, but he's the master of the climate. Amen. I know the master of the wind. He, and he's not Mother Nature. He, he's God. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things like hurricanes and tornadoes and such that um, floods and snow in Texas. Uh, that a lot of people try to get scientific on, but I want to tell you something. God's got a purpose. God's got a purpose for this pandemic, and I believe it's judgment, because we have shook our fist at God long enough, and I believe He's trying His best to tell us that we need to humble ourselves before the living God. Amen. But uh, the book of First and Second Thessalonians is amazing. I want to give you a little comparison to start out with. I think I got that on one of the slides. Uh, is that the first Thessalonians is about the coming of Christ in the air for the church. That's the rapture. That's the next thing on the schedule. I believe it could take place any minute. There's nothing that needs to be fulfilled as far as prophecy for the rapture to take place. But the book of Second Thessalonians is, uh, about the coming of the, of, of Christ to the earth. Uh, with his church, and that's found in Revelation 19:11 through the end of the chapter. And folks, he's actually going to touch this earth. Rapture, he doesn't touch this earth. We're out of here. Uh, I was thinking about that cemetery. When I came to town, there was no graves there, and it was almost full yesterday over next to West Emory, uh, Georgian apartments where I used to knock on doors all the time. And uh, folks, I want to tell you something. Every one of those graves are going to open up uh, if they're saved and the twinkle of an eye, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be called up. It could happen tonight. Amen. And then uh, 1 Thessalonians is about the present age of grace, and 2 Thessalonians is about the future day of the Lord. That's the tribulation on through. Um, 1 Thessalonians is about the spirit working in the church, and uh, 2 Thessalonians about Satan working in the world, uh, the mystery of iniquity, chapter 2, verse 7. And then fourthly, uh, he's reminding them of what he had taught them in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter, or the first uh, book, letter to Thessalonica. But in the second letter, he's correcting false teachings that they might have heard. And I want to say this, and I'm not going to try to talk down on anybody or criticize anybody, especially this church of Thessalonica, but they were under so much persecution uh, they believed and they thought maybe the day of the Lord had already started. And Paul had to write a second letter to straighten their doctrine out. If you don't have right doctrine, you won't have right behaving. If you don't have right believing. And, um, and so Paul had to come to the church, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And on that one church, uh, they had, he, they were, uh, a false prophet was given some messages during a public meeting rate, anyway, Paul writes to explain God's program for the age and to encourage these suffering Christians to remain true to the Lord. And he points out three purposes for suffering. so that's the message tonight. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Second Thessalonians chapter one. We'll begin with verse five if you want to stand in all the Word of God. Now, if you're too tired to stand, stand in your heart. Amen. It'll be fine. I think God we can stand. Bible says, which is a manifest token. Well, we better back up to verse 4 so we can find out what that which is. It says, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience, your faith, and all your persecution. I mean persecution and tribulation that ye endure, which is manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy of, of the kingdom of God for which he also suffers, seeing it is a righteous thing with God for recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with the mighty angels. That's the second coming. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll explain that in a minute who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. That's what's going to make hell so horrible. And from the glory of his power. Verse 10, you with me? It says, and he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to the mire in all them that believe because our testimony, I want you to circle that word tonight, our testimony among you was believed. In that day, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified. Bottom line, in you, in you, and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. What a introduction to a great book. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the attendance. Thank you for some that's back with us, and we're thrilled and excited that they're with us again. And God, I pray, dear God, you'd help us to grow. I pray, dear God, we can start cranking up things that um, we need to have to worship you better. Lord, I pray that you give us wisdom. It's been a rough year and two months, uh, but God, it could have been worse. God, you've been good. Your grace has been good. Anybody here alive ought to, ought to praise you with all that's within them. Because, God, it's only by the grace of God that we're here. It's only by the mercies of God that we're here. It's only by your Holy Spirit that's comforted us that we're not home discouraged and not wanting to come to church. So, Lord, bless your holy word. Thank you, dear God, for the privilege of preaching. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice in verse 5 through 7, we first see the coming person. The coming person. It's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. and We see the retribution of this persecution in verse 5. It says, which is the manifest token of the righteous judgment. That's the tribulation and the persecution of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Now, folks, I want you to know The word worthy doesn't mean that you have to work your way to salvation. It just means it makes you more fit. And the things of um, of the earth uh, that test our faith, if we endure one day we're going to receive a crown, the Bible calls it abundant entrance. I'm going to tell you something. I feel sorry for backsliders because they're losing their crown and they're losing their rewards. And I said at the funeral, and I'll say it again, there's rejoicing and there is reunion. Thank God for that. But there's also rewards when we get to heaven at the judgment seat of Christ. 1 John 2.28 says some will face Jesus confident and others will face him ashamed. Revelation 21, 4, a great verse we always like to preach on heaven, but it says God shall wipe away the tears. And for a thousand seven years, chronologically speaking, because the book of Revelation is written that way, we see that um, God has got to do something. He's got to erase our regret. He's got to erase our tears, or we'll be in heaven forever with tears. And folks, that's not going to be heaven. Amen? But folks, there is tears in heaven, or he wouldn't be wiping them away, say amen. And I believe it's tears of regret. I believe it's tears of remorse. I believe it's tears of unfaithfulness. I believe it's tears that we put others first, we put ourself first, and there will be tears in heaven. But thank God, he says, no more. Heaven's a place where there is no more, and there is much more, and praise God, is forevermore. Amen? Heaven is a wonderful place. Amen? I said, heaven is a wonderful place. Amen. I know we're not that sleepy. And, uh, boy, it's like heaven today, in that sunshine, and what a blessing. But Christian difficulties were causing the Christians to grow. I want to ask you a question. Have you grown this past year? Or have you grown weary? Have you grown carnal? Have you grown um, um, in such a way that somebody might doubt your testimony? Folks, I want to tell you something. These Christians grew in three areas. Uh, In verse 3, it backs up and it says, faith growing exceedingly. I preached on that last week. I'm not going to go to it again. Folks, they thank God for you, brethren, as as it is meet because of your faith groweth exceedingly. I want to tell you something. Through this persecution that caused them to think they were in the tribulation and think that the Antichrist had already come and think that they were uh, definitely in the day of the Lord and got all their doctrine uh, straightened out in this letter, and that's why it's such a powerful letter, uh, they grew unwaveringly in their faith. He said that you need to also do something else. Uh, Verse 7, it says, And to you who were troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus Christ shall be revealed from heaven with mighty angels. Look at the word rest. Uh, That's where we get the word relaxation. How can we relax during this tribulation? They were thinking. How can they relax when they could be going to jail the next day for being a Christian? It's never got that bad in the United States. Not saying it won't. It's heading that direction. But folks, um, Christians should grow in unwavering faith during tribulation. Christians should grow in abounding hope in tribulation. I want to tell you something, friend. This ought to make you want to see Jesus more than ever. And also, we ought to grow in overflowing love. Verse 3 says, and it says, and the charity of every one of you. All towards each other uh, aboundeth. Overflowing love. Abounding love. Supernatural love. Our theme for the retreat, Lord willing, is going to be on uh love, the love of God flowing from one heart to another. That's the only hope we got for a good marriage. It's the only hope we got for a testimony uh, that's resounding and And it's a testimony that was growing well, growing in patience. Uh, Look at Romans chapter 5, please, verse 3. Romans 5, 3. The Bible says this, And not only so, we glory in tribulation also, knowing that the tribulation worketh what? Patience. And patience, experience. And experience, hope. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, But here's the key, by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Folks, the only source of unending, overflowing, excuse me, uh, unconditional, sacrificial love is the Holy Spirit. So if you're not filled with the Spirit of God, you're filled with yourself. If you're not giving, you're getting. And folks, a marriage relationship never was intended for a getting relationship, and neither was worship at the church. It was giving, giving God the glory, and giving others your love, your encouragement. Uh, there's nothing like a church full of the joy of the Lord. I'm going to preach on that Sunday morning. The joy of the Lord is my strength. But when suffering comes, it either makes us or it breaks us. Let me repeat that. When suffering comes, it either makes us or breaks us. The devil's ploy for suffering is to make you impatient with the will of God and thus miss it. God's purpose for suffering is always to conform you to His image. Get that down. Sometimes it's chastening. If you're out of the will of God, He will whip you. Based on the authority of the Word of God, He will take you to the woodshed if you're out of the will of God. Because he loves you. For whom the Lord loveth, he scourged and chasten every son who receiveth. And so we see in verses 5 through 7 uh, the retribution of, of the persecutors because it says that they will get their judgment. You know, it seems like today some of the rich and famous are getting away with a lot. But I want to say this, friend, payday someday. Amen? And I want to tell you something, for eternity we'll reap the benefits of putting God first. In eternity, we'll be in heaven with Jesus forever. And so we see, uh, number one, the retribution of the persecutors, but number two, we see the revelation of his coming. Now, this is always the blessed hope. This is always encouraging to me. And I don't think we ought to be copping out saying, hey, rapture take place now because I can't stand this world. Um I believe we ought to be expecting the Lord to come, but we need to live each day uh as if God's given us the privilege to represent him and to glorify his name. Don't sell your truck and don't sell your boat. Yeah, you might sell that. No, don't don't sell your house and like these folks were doing and don't give up your job and say, you know, look up in the sky and predict the Lord's going to come back in 2021. Now, this would be a very good year for him to come back, don't you think? Amen. Okay, I thought he was coming back last year. I really did. I said, This has got to be it. This is just setting the stage for the, for the rapture of the church. <clears throat> he didn't come, but I didn't predict he'd come. I just thought he might come. We accept suffering, we yield to God's will, and by faith we continue to stand true, then suffering will cause us to grow. To grow. It's that pruning. It's that purging. It's that plowing that we need. We need some uh, storms so we can praise God for the master of the wind. We need some dark days so we can thank God for the light days and the great days. Amen? Like the day. I I thought about we could have church outside. I just have these wild visions sometimes. We're just going to go outside and sit on the porch, praise God. But it got a little chilly, so I decided we'd just go ahead and come back in here. But, you know, we resist suffering, complain to God, and give up in unbelief. Then suffering will break us. It'll weaken us, and especially our testimonies. That's right. And all in light of the coming of the Lord, it's not probably going to get any better. It's probably going to get worse. But I want to tell you something. You can get closer to God. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, please. 1 Peter chapter 4. And let's look at verse 12. We got time, hadn't we? I had one person say yes, so I'm going to read anyway. It says in verse 12 Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. It's been a strange year, hasn't it? It'd be stranger if they started coming and locking us up for coming here tonight. That'd be even stranger. Look at verse 14. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, that's what these folks were being. 1 Peter 4, 14. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. What what causes you to lose the joy of the Lord? When things don't go your little way, when everything's not uh, on your calendar. But look at this. It says, Happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Woo, what a blessing. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Amen, what a powerful verse. Folks, whatever it takes for our will to break is a good psalm, but it's another reality when you think about it. It's that, folks, we can have the power of God rest upon us when all hell's breaking out against us. What's it take for you to wilt? What's it take for you to recant? What's it take for you to pout and panic? I'll tell you what, it ought to take just tribulation and persecution to make you praise God anyway. Look at verse 16. These verses are too good to leave out. It says, if any man suffer, excuse me, verse 15. And let not none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. That's when you get a black eye. But look at verse 16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, amen, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come, the judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it be first begin at us, what shall the end of uh, end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, there shall be ungodly. And uh, Where shall the ungodly and the, and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God Commit the keeping of their souls to him in the well-doing as unto a faithful creator. See, God's still on the throne. And God's still sovereign. Hope that don't bother you. And God allows junk to happen in our life. And in these days, God was even allowing them to be persecuted for their faith. Locked up. Beat asunder. Uh, maybe killed. martyred. And folks, he's... He's saying in chapter 2 that we need to be faithful and that we need to be loving and that we need to be patient. Three things that qualify a mature Christian. But it's another thing when the devil is trying to knock the spiritual breath out of you and using men to do it. And so we see the retribution, of persecution, but we see the revelation of the coming of the precious Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7, it says, "And When the Lord shall be revealed from heaven with, with His mighty angels. Folks, He's going to set everything straight. Revelation chapter 19. He's coming in power and in glory the next time He comes. And so, folks, suffering prepares us for glory. And their question was, why in the world is everybody getting away with this? And folks, I want to tell you something. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Verse 6, it says, seeing if his righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. See, God's able. God's able to even everything up in eternity. You might think the wicked and the heathen is raging. But let me say this, friend. God's not finished yet. Pharaoh, The God of this world drowned babies in Israel. But wait a minute. God drowned his whole army in the Red Sea. Amen? Judas betrayed Jesus to hang on a tree. And Judas went crazy. Went out and hung himself on a tree. Payday someday. Saul tried to slay David with a sword he was slain with his own sword and committed suicide. Sinners reap what they sow. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 is read in Sunday school, Sunday morning. But May I say in Hosea chapter 8, y'all just got finished um, with that book. What a great study that was on Monday night. Um, The Bible says we can sow to the wind, Hosea 8, 7, but we'll reap the whirlwind. Did you hear me? It says, you sow to the wind of sin, you'll reap the whirlwind. Young people, listen to me. Not many young people in there all in the youth meeting. I'm going to tell you this, friend. Don't ever think you're going to get away with sin. Don't ever think that there's little sins. Folks, listen. You, reap, you sow to the wind, you reap the whirlwind. And, folks, it's much worse. God commands us to repent. Let's go on, verse 8. Here's the retribution. And here's the um, certified punishment. The certified punishment. In verse 7, we see that the Bible says we can rest and have relaxation. But let's go on to point two. Uh, Brother Cody, it says that there's certified punishment. In verse 8 and 9, read with me. In flame fire, a flaming fire take vengeance on them that know not God and, and that not and, and that. Obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Church of Christ takes that out of context. and they says you've got to be baptized to be saved. Mormons take that out of context. Catholics take that out of context. Folks, listen. When you obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, what that's saying is you do not obey the command to repent and be saved. You refuse to repent and be saved. Folks, repentance is part of salvation. It's a gift from God, yes. He gives you the, a new mind. You turn. I'll preach on that Sunday morning. But I want to tell you something, folks. Before there's joy, there's weeping. And sometimes the Lord makes us sad and even mad before we become glad. And I want to say this, that's Holy Ghost conviction. Holy Ghost conviction. And so we see in verse 9, Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power? Oh, do you see it, friend? Do you see it? God Almighty said, listen, don't worry about them. They're going to get their due rewards. They're going to go straight to hell one day. They're going to burn forever and ever and ever. What you need to do is win them to the Lord. What you need to do is forgive them. And what you need to do is be patient, be overflowing with love, and praise God, win them to Jesus by your faith. And by your testimony. Folks, don't lose your testimony. It's too valuable. And during this day and age, you are silhouetted with the backdrop of darkness. You know, one time, many years ago, I was going to pick out an engagement ring. And I did. It took me four years to get up the courage to Curse and ask my wife to marry her. Was I really retarded? Almost lost, Miss Connie. But I remember when I went in that jewelry store, they took out that diamond ring, which wasn't much, and you could barely see it because we was on a slim budget. And I remember I, I want to make sure it wasn't plastic or zircon or whatever that is. Amen. And they put it next. They they put got it out of the case and they put it next to a black velvet cloth. And boy, I thought it was the most beautiful thing. I'd ever seen in my life. And I thought, man, I don't care what it cost. Then when they showed me the price tag, I did care a little bit. And I prayed. My mother helped me. (laughs) Don't tell Connie that. But anyway, I got a loan from my mother. Praise God. But I want to say this. Thank God that we can be a diamond in the rough, that we can be a testimony with a dark background that we're going through. Folks, this is a great time to be a Christian. You can pout panic if you want to. And, friend, you can just uh, be pitiful if you want to and and, and just get bitter and and and, and uh, burden down. And I believe, folks, as I'll preach Sunday, uh, the devil's uh, idea of burden is get you down where you don't get up, but God wants to get you down that you'll get further up. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Hey, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. But he says, humble yourself in the sight of God, and what he'll do, he'll lift you up. He'll lift you up as a testimony in these last days. Boy, it's been a challenging year to be a pastor. I was telling somebody, counseling right before the service, I said, you, you're, you're fed up with this. You ought to be a pastor. I'm either too strict or too lenient. You know, I'm either, I'm, uh, you know, and friend, I want to tell you something. We need to realize that God wants us to reflect the likeness of God to a lost, confused, and wicked generation. Persecution. And folks, most of the world's being persecuted. There is a persecuted church, and there is many martyrs that are dying daily for the faith. The only reason we got this blessed book, and Brother uh, Jeremy will start teaching this on. March 1st, Lord willing, if you don't take the church. And um, on the King James Version, many people gave their lives for this book. At least we ought to check it out once in a while. At least we ought to read it. Amen? At least we ought to study it. And at least we ought to attend church and hear it or or, or tune in or whatever you do because, friend, this book is has a trail of blood. And, it, and it's precious. And I'll tell you something. When I read this history, and Brother Jeremy teaches it a lot better than I do, and that's why I'm assigned him to do it for the next three weeks. When I When I hear that history, I thank God for their faithfulness. I thank God for their patience. I thank God for their love to lay down their life, to lay down their life that we can have this book tonight to study, and to pray around, and to claim. My time's up, but I just want to say this, friend: they didn't get away with sin. And I want to tell you this: we need to rest in the Lord, as verse seven says. But we need to have a burden. We need to have a burden for souls. And I want you to see, and last but not least, that um, you know the saints have a responsibility. And it's summed up in verses 10 uh, and following uh, that we need to we need to declare uh, and we need to dissolve all doubt when we see people uh, in this world. We, need to, we just need to declare how good God is. We need to realize that the judgment's coming to those that does not get saved. And folks, if we don't, if we if we're not careful. There's going to be many people that's going to use us as an excuse instead of a stepping stone to heaven. We cannot relinquish our faith. We cannot. This judgment is described as everlasting. Everlasting from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. There's no glory in hell. And there's no break from hell. It's forever and ever and ever. And so if they try to put you through it, be faithful, be patient, be loving, because they're really testing your faith to see if you're real. Is there enough evidence in your life to convict you that you're a Christian? Let's go to the last point, brother. I'll close. My time's up. I promise I wasn't going to preach as long as I did Sunday. But when you're preaching about how wonderful the Bible is, where are you going to cut it short? Amen. But Anyway, look at verse 10. It says, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Folks, saints are triumphant, and they should be. Sinners are slave to the torment of Satan and hell. They're puppets of the devil. Don't get mad at them. Get mad at the devil that sends them your way. And the Christian prospect is that suffering saints shall be swallowed up in a glorious rest, peace that passes understanding. What a contrast that is. Uh, In verse 10, it says, and when he has come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. I want to ask you a question. Is God admired Cause of your life is God honored. You ask a lost person how a Christian ought to live; they got enough sense to know you ought to be different. Say Amen. Hey, a lost person knows that you ought to be in church, and a lost person knows you ought to honor God, and a lost person even knows that you shouldn't live like they live. Amen. That's right. And so, folks, when we sh- when He shall come. And uh to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. They believed Paul's testimony, and what he's exhorting them to do, you have a testimony. Everybody expects the preacher to live for God, but they want you to live for God on your job. They want you to live for God in your everyday business. They want you to live for God in your neighborhood because you're the only proof positive evidence that God is real. You're living epistles. And may I say this, the book and the letters get a lot brighter when they're backed up to darkness. The letters get a lot brighter when everybody else is losing hope and you don't. And losing faith and you don't. And losing love, and you don't. And losing patience, but you don't. We must keep going for God. Faith and love in verse 3. So here's some divine twins. And then verse 4, patience, faith and patience. Faith and love in verse 3. Verse 4, faith and patience. And then verse 11, let's read it. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasures of his goodness and the work of faith with what? Power. Folks, your faith produces love. Your faith produces patience. But I'm going to say this, folks. Your faith releases power. It's not your power. It's his power. One of the greatest acts of faith is dying to self and yielding to the Spirit of God when times are rough, when times are terrible, when times are so bad they think they're in the tribulation. Faith and power. Faith and power. Oh, folks, listen. What's the Christian's prospect? The Christian's prospect is one day death's going to be swallowed up in victory. Oh, grave, where's thy sting? God took the sting for you. Oh, folks, what a victory it's going to be in Cal- because of Calvary in heaven. And then, uh, folks, this is a certain prospect. Verse 10 said, When he shall come. Not that he might come, but when he shall come. And then we see in closing a closing prayer in verse 11 and 12. It says, That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, that ye in him, according to the grace of our Lord, God and Lord Jesus Christ. The prayer, the closing prayer, is folks that the persecution might continue, it might get worse. Everybody's come to church wanting to hear a good, uplifting message. May I say that in this world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. And I don't believe God's finished yet. Because I don't believe we're getting the message. I know the United States is not getting the message. We're further from God than we've ever been before. In many states now, many states, they have just put in law that every elementary child has to be taught same-sex marriage. A friend of mine, I'm saying I never thought it'd come to that in one nation under God. And it seems like we're oblivious to it. I mean, it looks like you know we just don't care. We don't understand. Folks, I want you to understand this. It's more wicked than it's ever been before. It's more vile than it's ever been before. So I can't tell you it's going to end tomorrow, Because it's going to take a while to get back to God as a nation. But you can get back to God in a minute. And you can rededicate your life tonight. And praise God, you can get some more faith, more love, and more hope tonight. And you can leave here revived in the midst of ruin. And folks, that's exactly what you need to do. Thank God. Thank God for this reality. The persecution might continue. But this is the the challenge, and this is the prayer. But the performance of good works must continue. He said that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified. And I love the way he ended this chapter. He says the grace of our Lord, our God, and Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, men and ladies, boys and girls, it's only by God's grace. Hebrews chapter 4. One of my favorite chapters in the Word of God. You know it very well, but I just want to read these verses in closing. It's time to quit. Hebrews chapter 4. And I want you to look at verse 10. The Bible says this, For he that entereth into the rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. It says let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And I love what it says in verse 14 through the end of the chapter. It says this, seeing then that you have a great high priest that is passed into heavens, Jesus the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our profession. Just be a good Christian in these dark days. Look at verse 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And then here's the invitation. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of what? Grace. We may obtain mercy, and here it is, and find grace to help In the time of need, there's grace. And really what he's saying, come and get it. Or spiritually speaking, just yield to it. And Folks, if we've ever needed grace in this country, it's now. If we ever needed grace-filled Christians, it's now. If we ever needed to hear this prayer from the Apostle Paul to his church, that the grace of our Lord, our God, and our Lord Jesus Christ calls the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be glorified its name. It's not a time to whine, it's a time to shine. It's not a time to recant, it's a time to repent. It's not a time to back up and backslide, it's a time to pick up the banner and go forward. And I believe, friend, the church is in a survival mode, and it makes me sick. We are not to retreat, we're not to recant, and we're not to give up. We are to go forth. By the grace of God, go forth and take more ground back that the devil's stolen and reach more souls and glorify God no matter what it takes, even if it takes your life in persecution, that God might be glorified. Father, thank you for this message. Thank you for this chapter. It's been a wonderful blessing to me. And a challenge in my heart to be challenged and to be encouraged and not to be depressed and not to give up and not to give up. And so, Lord, please, help us to realize that these Christians were being killed for Christ's sake, persecuted, tribulation. The word tribulation comes from the word tribune. It means they were being beat and whipped and hurt separated from their families oh i can't imagine the agony of being prison for their faith and paul said by the grace of god love and have hope and have faith and draw it by the grace of god for the glory of god and lord that's the prayer i need and I want to be an answer to that prayer. And I want each person listening to the sound of my voice tonight to be the answer to that prayer. Because there's someone, they're the best Christian they know. And we want to be like you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, tonight the simple, simple invitation are you going to stay faithful when it's not easy? Are you going to stay faithful even if it gets worse? You can say, Preacher, by the grace of God, I want to be. Because there's somebody, there's somebody that's backslidden, that's breaking my heart, and I want to reach them for Christ's sake, for His glory. I want them to understand the presence of God the rest of their life. and I want them to see Jesus in me. And that's your prayer tonight. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer all over this place? Father, use this message. and Thank you, God, for the strength to preach it. Another day of life to preach it. And God, I pray to your Lord that you'd use this message to encourage us to be encouraged during times of suffering, the times of uncertainty, the times when people are recanting and turning their face from you and losing their desire even to worship you. God help the church not just our church, I pray for every church that preaches the gospel that you'd send the people back. And God, then you'd not just send us back to relax, but God, you'd send us forth to rescue the perishing, care for the dying, and be soul winners. And we're going to thank you and praise you for the grace to do it all for your glory. Amen.